You're listening to Naked Music, and this week I am a little sick, but that's okay because miles and miles away over the phone, we have Natasha Legero with us. How are you this fine Hi. day? Hi. How are you doing today? Great to be here. Kind of. You're in my phone. living room. <laughs> in the comfort. <laughs> so, um, why don't you tell us how you've been doing? Uh, last I saw you, you were visiting over at Hot City Nights down in the fancy <laughs> arts district. Hot City <laughs> so you were there? Yeah, <laughs> I was. I saw you for a second, but you might have you might have left. I think everybody, it was kind of ending at that point. <laughs> it yes, is. I, I had to come a little late, but I, I loved the space. It was really cool, and um, I'm a fan of Johnny Pemberton and, and DJ Doug Pound, who were performing. So yeah, That was my first show. I'd known about their shows, but that was the first one I saw. That was, and it was really fun. It was so cool. And, like... He was like, air rails. <laughs> oh, yeah. For people who, like, throw cocaine up in the air and then try to snort it. <laughs> I don't know if you missed it, but uh, they also had a, a sample of John McCain talking about Palin. Like, wasn't she great? And they just... They kept mixing it. It was uh, it was hilarious. Uh, like, well, see, Doug's like a great. He's really good at, at mixing. So, yeah. Uh, Actually, right now he's uh he's working on making me like an intro to my show. So I'm like really excited. That would be so wow. awesome. Yeah. And, and it's called Naked Music. Yeah, I gave him some info, so hopefully he can have fun with it because I think that'd be really cool. But I mean. Oh, right. He'll have fun with it. Yeah, that's one thing that's really cool about that, like, the Hot City Nights and all those comedians that are in it, and, like, you guys are all really nice, which is one thing that's kind of cool. Like, some people, I I worked at an unnamed comedy club, but some of the comedians were kind of, eh. Was it improv? Um... I'm Where not was gonna, it? <laughs> I'm not going to say yes, but it wasn't Irvine. The Irvine Improv. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Okay, I see. I performed there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's where I first uh, ran into you was there when you were performing. I, for, who are you perf- I don't remember who you were performing with, but... I was performing with a comedian that was probably talking about diarrhea. Because mm. that's what was happening in <laughs> Irvine. <laughs> diarrhea. I was getting brought up to his big bathroom closer every night. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that... Well, you know what? That would happen there. That we would have that kind of stuff going on, but um, so what? I was going to ask you. You're one of the few comedians that I know of, at least, that's kind of in the underground comedy scene. As I like alternative underground, whatever. Only one. The only girl, but but <laughs> the, the only on- comedian in the scene. You're the only. It's it's your own scene, but you're the only one that's been on um late night talk shows, which like to me is is really cool, but it's also kind of like. It seems like old school. Like a lot of the like comedians, I don't know. I haven't seen. What do you mean? You th- you don't you don't see alternative comedians on on television? No, I see them on television. I just don't see as many doing the talk show, the talk show comedy. You know, like where they they bring out the uh, the comedian and do like a the ten. contestant. Yeah, what's that like? <laughs> um, well, first of all, a lot of people do do it, but I know, maybe, maybe I, I just publicize <laughs> myself more. <laughs> but um. What's it like? It's it's cool. It's it's very different experience doing stand up on television than it is in a club. Yeah. Um, usually on television, the crowds are really really pumped, you know. So it's it's not like you have to really win them over, or yeah. you know, someone was just on stage doing something really different from you that they loved. You know, like the other night I was I was in um, 
glass factory in Long Beach, and, you know, this guy was juggling and balancing the stool on his face, and it was killing, and, you know, and then I have to get up there and ask them if anyone lives in a servantless household. <laughs> you know, you really got to, like, change tone. And, uh, but on TV, they're, they're pretty much going to go for it. Yeah. No, and it's, so it's, it's just kind of getting through it. You know, it, it doesn't feel like a real show. It feels kind of easier or something. So how many of the late night talk shows have you done? I know I've seen part of your Leno one, but I think you've been on you've been on more than just that show, right? Well, I did I did Leno. Um, I did I did one this Monday, so I did a second appearance on on that. Mm. And the other one is from like a few, I think two years ago. And then I've been on the Late Show, and I've done or the uh, the Late Late Show when it was with Craig Ferguson and. Premium blend, you know all those little Comedy Central, yeah, dinky four-minute things. <laughs> I've actually got to go to um, to Amsterdam. They have a they have a Dutch television show where they where they bring American comics there, and that was really cool. Oh, cool! What was it like in Amsterdam? Well, the thing is, you're you know everyone there is pretty bilingual, so there you're it's it's a you know you'll be following a Dutch comic, and so you know it'll be like a Dutch comic then you and then two more Dutch comics and another American comic. <laughs> it's a little hard there because, you know, they they understand the actual language, but they don't understand the subtleties within the language. And the references sometimes. Yeah, mm. and the references and also just kind of in the irony. You know, like I, I would I, I think I opened up there, um, don't worry, I don't think women are funny either. <laughs> and they were all they were all confused. And then one woman said to her friend, "I heard her. She said, if she doesn't think women are funny, why is she on the stage?'" <laughs> so they're just taking things very literally because they're, um, you know, they are they're 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 Dutch. They have no sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I did always wonder how comedy would translate. Me and my friend were having a conversation about that, like. If if there was like a Japanese comedian that could speak English, would we get any of their references and vice versa? So that's kind of cool that you. Well, that's attempted. why comics try to make their make their uh, acts as universal as possible. Well, at least the ones who like want to perform <laughs> internationally. Um, you know, that's why sometimes the cheaper laughs people kind of go for cheaper laughs because it makes every. I mean, everyone will laugh at the fart sound, I guess. Yeah. Well, so where did you? Not um, everyone will laugh at the Turgenev rest. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I was going to ask you. Um, you seem to have a certain kind of character when you're on stage. Um, at least most of the time. Uh, how how did you develop that? Not the stripper character. Not that one. Yeah. <laughs> character? <laughs> stripper character? I don't know if you've noticed some of your some of your TV history does seem to reflect you being cast as a stripper. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's, that's not in my stand-up as an actor. <laughs> yeah, no, as an actor. But so, oh, okay. But so how is your, um, how did you develop your stand-up character? And why don't you tell some of our listeners about it if they don't know? Uh, okay, well, um, I mean, I think when you, when your character starts to develop, um, it kind of, it kind of starts, Hmm, how can I say this? Like, when your character starts to develop, it is, it'll start showing you the way. Mm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not something you consciously try to create. 
you know, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a girl who who wants to be glamorous but doesn't have any money. You know, it's kind of like you, you you just start to see what you're writing about, and then it'll start kind of showing itself to you. And so I think where where I was at in my life when I started doing stand up, you know, I I didn't have any money. I come from New York. I I wanted things to be really glamorous and. Um, you know, I, I felt like just because I didn't have any money didn't mean that I couldn't uphold the same standards myself <laughs> <laughs> and everybody around me. Um, yeah, so just kind of trying to add a little class and decorum into everyday situations. Well, I think it kind of works, especially um, since most of the time, a lot of times it seems you're performing in like as one or two of the women comedians in a group of, you know, mostly male comedians. You kind of have a big juxtaposition between, like, the shirtless guy talking about, you know, vagina and stuff, and then you got More you. Farts. <laughs> More farts. And then you have you, and it's really, like, it is really kind of a glamorous character. Are you yourself that glamorous, or is it just for the show? <laughs> <laughs> I know. People ask me that. I, I mean, I uh, I think on stage, you know, I, I, I might... I, I mean, I've always dressed up and... and sort of tried to to look a certain way and, and, and also tried to really be ladylike. Um <laughs> you know, it's just who I it's just who I am, I guess. But uh I what was the question? Um oh, I, I, am I playing a character? Am I really that mean? <laughs> I think it's definitely a part of me and I think <laughs> sometimes it just gets amplified. Oh, I think it I think it's a cool character and I know that it makes me sometimes, I don't know, when I see you, I just know after I leave, I'm kind of like, I should probably, you know, put on those nice earrings I have. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it affects Depends me. Depends on who bought them for you, darling. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> um, let's see. What? Oh. Well, okay. that's good that it's make you, if it makes you, I mean, I, I don't know. It makes me want to want to do better things, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, um, how, let's see, um. What was I gonna? Oh, um, so what was it like? I was reading your Wikipedia file because you have one, I which have is really one. cool. But like people keep taking stuff off of it and adding stuff and changing things, and, <laughs> and then like there'll be like six paragraphs about some commercial I did, and that's like the only thing in there. Yeah, that's Very what I found. Bizarre. I found like the the Tanya versus Don. Or like a commercial I did for the internet, and I don't know why that's the. <laughs> I guess I need to hire someone to uh, to check the Wikipedia or to create some sort of glamorous story, life story about me. <laughs> well, it's I was just curious, actually, where did you get all the sketches of yourself? It seems that there are a lot of artists that like to sketch you. Oh, you mean the um, on my website? Yeah, yeah. There are like four or five different sketches. There's of this you. really talented guy um, named Jeremy Bernstein. And I don't know if you remember, um, well, he he does, like, he does um, kind of sketches from the, com- like, he'll sit in the back of the house and sketch comedians. Mm-hmm. And um, much like the way, I don't know if you know who Al Hirschfeld is. Yeah, yeah. He was, like, this guy in the, like, 60s, 70s. Yeah, that's... He would he would sit in, like, the fourth row in, in New York theaters and sketch, you know, Carol Burnett. He'd sketch all the people. And, yeah. That's like the one that's on the beginning of your homepage, that 
that main one of you, like, with the mic, just kind of like, oh. Right, right. <laughs> that's not that's not Al Hirschfeld, but that yeah. is Jeremy uh, Bernstein. And um, is it Bernstein, Bernstein? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, whatever one. He, um, he sketches that. But he actually was, he's kind of been asked to leave comedy clubs because he sits in the fourth row sketching and comedians have complained because they thought he was stealing jokes. Oh, <laughs> they just don't know. <laughs> they just don't know. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, he's he's really talented. I, I really like his style, and um, I like, you know, that, that kind of caricature style. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I just, I was just curious, because it, like, it's, but is, are those all his drawing? There seem to be, like, a bunch of different artists. Well, there's this other guy, uh, Jason Rudolph Pena, who does paintings, and um, he did a, he did a painting of me that was actually commissioned as gift from a friend. Oh. So, um, my, my friendship Pope, uh, we did <laughs> And to thank me, he had he had Jeremy do a, a little portrait. But yeah, or no, uh, Jason Rudolph Pena, who's also very talented. Um, you can find all their info on my website. Very cool. Um, so, oh, I was going to ask you another question from your website. Um, what's the deal with your first clip of you with red <laughs> hair curled out to nowhere? <laughs> Oh, with the perm? Yeah, with the perm. Tell us about tell us about your first your first uh what was it called? I just had That a... was a movie I did when I was uh nine called Personal Foul. Um, they were filming it in my hometown of Rockford, Illinois. And uh what happened was, um I, I was a kind of a theater actress at the at the theater there, so they asked me to do this part, and, you know, the, it was so exciting, and then the premiere, I had my, my whole family there, and, you know, I, I, I didn't know, and, and then I guess after this movie was over, my part never came on, and then the credits <laughs> started rolling, and I just started bawling, mm-hmm. but apparently they cut that out, as I'm sure you can tell why when you watch it. <laughs> I <laughs> was wondering make that. It, <laughs> not make it in, but, um, but then my mother called the production company and demanded they... They got me a copy of it. <laughs> That's really cute to have, though. So, have you been acting since you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, in like, like, were you a the? So you were a theater kid before you were a TV and funny kid. Yeah, yeah. I did theater. I kind of did. Um, you know, I would be like the little kid in the Shakespeare play who runs around and <laughs> giggles. You know, so but I, I was exposed to it. I guess since an early age. Were you do like was it something that you kept doing throughout like high school and college and that whole bit? Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I just kind of always felt like a natural thing. So uh, did you um? So what was it like transitioning? Because the theater world is very different. It seems well. Well, I transitioned yeah. out of the theater world when I was ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Then I went to high school and. Uh, did it there in college, and then I, you know, I stayed in New York for a few years after college, but, you know, New York is a great place to live, but it's a little limiting in terms of getting actual work. Mm. Is it harder to, like, what kind of, like, there are not that many opportunities out there, or they're different? Yeah, like, there's just not as many jobs being cast, it's, it's you know, there's, I think it's good if you're a model, or if you want to do um, Ibsen on theater row <laughs> for $45 a week, you know, if you want to do something like that. But if you want to do television and, you know, I, I guess it's good for a comedian too, New York. I, I was never like a, a stand-up there, 
serious. Like, I, I was never doing stand-up in New York all the time, but I, I've since gone back and spent, like, months there or weeks there. And it does seem like you can get up and perform, like, four or five times a night if you want. So now that you have more of a stand, now that you are doing stand-up and it's your thing, which, how is the difference? Like, how is it performing in L.A. versus now you performing in New York? Um... Well, L.A., I mean, I, I just, I know everyone in L.A., so it's a little more fun for me, I guess. You know, it's like there's, there's kind of a community. Like, you know, you saw at the Hot City Nights <laughs> uh, show. It's it's just fun, and I'm sure I'm sure in New York there's, there's you know, shows that are like that, and I've been to some, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always, it's not so much New York versus L.A., it's just kind of, you know, within the city you're in, there's, like, kind of a club atmosphere that you can perform in, and then there's shows, like, the when you talk about Hot City Nights. <laughs> and those are the fun shows to do. So, and, you know, the, the club shows are a little more, the audiences are a little more conservative, and the comedians are a little more happy. And <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just, a, it, it becomes a different thing. They don't, the audiences don't understand references as much. Like, if you... You know, talk about Judy Garland. Sometimes I don't know who that is. <laughs> they're, they're just, they're not the hippest crowd. I do like to get the opinions of comedians about, like, you know, the little shows versus the clubs, because it does seem like there is, like, everybody has their own opinions on the two. Everybody has their own take on the two. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's nice. I think it's important to be able to do both and to be able to... If you're a Los Angeles comic, it's great to be able to go into a room that's full of comedians that you know and like and have worked with and, and, you know, have new stuff to show them. I mean, that's kind of what it is, is for the smaller shows, it's good to just work out new material and, you know, sometimes, you know, watch your friends do that. It's, it's just a kind of a, a, kind of a creative atmosphere so as opposed to, like, getting on stage in front of, you know, plumbers and trying to make them laugh. <laughs> yeah. So um, how did you get to know the that kind of community that you were talking about? It does seem like everybody knows each other, and it seems like everybody kind of comes from different backgrounds. Like, how did you get into that? Um, well, I when, I'm, when I started doing stand-up, uh, you know, there's not tons of places, so you slowly start to, you know, uh, go to these open mics where everyone coming up with you is kind of going up and then you just create like maybe it's maybe it is specific to Los Angeles but there is a very tight comic community where everyone pretty much knows everybody so not and, even not know, even just places that. like UCB kind of help perpetuate that yeah. the upright citizens brigade theater i mean since that's been around i think almost 4 years 3 years maybe it's really helped create uh, you know a world it's given it's given this whole community kind of a home, if you will. Yeah. Didn't you do a show there a few um, few months ago? I did my one person show, Love Is for Poor People, <laughs> and uh, we we performed that. It was it was a great great run, and you know the crowds were amazing, and it's just a, it's a little involved putting it together. So I haven't uh, I haven't. I don't have a new date for it yet. Uh, have you been to the New York UCB? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll perform there sometimes too. It, you know, it started in New York. Yeah, yeah. I've just, I've never, I don't know. How is it there? Do you like, like, how is the New York one? 
it's good. I mean, it's it's run by the same people, and a lot of a lot of everyone, you know, everyone's the more successful people get, the more bicoastal they become. And <laughs> so, you know, you'll see a lot of the same performers on the East Coast and the West Coast, and it's uh, it's really cool. And uh, you know, I I was they uh, I was part of a little improv group. I did a show, a play with them, Hendershaw, and we went to the UCB in New York to do their sketch fest, and it was really fun. So. Uh... So what do you think, because I know that UCB, it's a really good place for comics and improv actors alike. Like, do you think that there, what amount of improv do you think you bring into your act? I feel like improv is becoming more and more part of, kind of part of the the comedy, the comedy scene. Like, what well, do you think? Well, I mean, improv, pe- there are people who improvise solely, you know, like when you go to UCB and watch ASCAT and those people are improvisers. Um, I mean, I feel like an improviser is is a kind of a different animal than a stand-up comic. Um, I I like to think that uh, improvisers say yes and stand-ups say no (laughs) as a rule. (laughs) A stand-up comic is is usually someone who's... The kind of comedy I like to watch is someone who's really uh, kind of deconstructing society and, and... and telling you what's wrong with certain aspects of society through their own experience, through their own point of view. And, uh, but within that, you know, you'll write jokes, um, but I think there's a certain amount of, I mean, I don't improvise too much, but I'll definitely talk to the audience, and, and you know, there's always those great surprises if you go out there, and usually what happens is they'll just say something that will incriminate themselves without you even having to <laughs> try to make it into a joke. Um, so that kind of crowd work is Im- improvised. So I'll do that. Um, but I, I, I'm not the type of comic who'll just, a lot of comics, they write on stage, they'll just think of a topic and just get up on stage and riff. Um, I usually like to do that work before I go on stage yeah. and think about how I want to word it. I mean, then sometimes if it doesn't work, I'll I'll go back and rearrange everything. But usually, you know, I, I like to, uh, because also I'm trying to, you know, it, I'm trying to make points. So it's easier if the more articulate they are, the 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 better they are. <laughs> and that usually doesn't happen, like, right off the top of your head. Yeah. It does, It especially with the, the kind of the persona you have on stage, it does seem like, It'd be a little harder to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> if I start, if I start to ramble, it, it doesn't sound as good. So you know, you want it to be succinct, to the point. Hopefully, cutting <laughs> and move on. Do people ever ask you if um, do people ever ask you like if you're? I think you re- you reference your quote unquote your mom a lot in the in your thing, don't you? Um, sometimes. Quote unquote. <laughs> Depends on how mad I'm trying to make her. <laughs> She does get mad when I when I when I notice her. <laughs> does she? Does she? Um, what does I mean, she think I, of your stand-up? She does get mad when I mention her. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure my mom would get mad at me too. Just it's a sensitive. Well, my mom's like really defensive and uh. very passive aggressive. So <laughs> tell me she's mad about that. She just won't call me for a month. So <laughs> I'm assuming it's because she saw me on television making fun of her. <laughs> <laughs> do you and your family really, do you have that, that accent, or is that the New England accent for the character? Oh, well, I'm from Illinois, so yeah. they all they all kind of talk like that, like a version of Sarah Palin is how everybody <laughs> where I'm from talks. <laughs> but, um, 
I mean, I've I've been able to mask the accent since a very young age. I've been working on masking that one. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 sometimes kind of hard to believe that you came from Illinois. It just doesn't. Maybe maybe it's just because mostly I've just seen you as the character, but it just doesn't. I don't know. Just doesn't. You you hide it well. You hide it well. Well, thank you. He's <laughs> <It keeps> hiding. <laughs> how was living? How did you get? from Illinois to New York? Did you just decide one day, I want to go do this? Or, like, how did that happen, anyway? I think uh, when I was three, I, I was had ma- started mapping out the place. <laughs> <laughs> are you from the Midwest or you're from California? I'm a California baby. Yeah, you sound like it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people who are born in the Midwest, a lot of them, you know, you really do kind of feel trapped. Like, I, I never thought I would spend my life there. I was just kind of waiting till it was legal for me to leave. Mm. And so as soon as it was, I I got out of there. Mm. You know, but, it's, it's, it's a cool place to grow up, I guess. Yeah. But, you I think know, it's very limited. And Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that it's something that I wish I could have experienced in a way, like being... West? <laughs> I guess, well, I guess because I've just, I've lived in Southern California and Northern California, and that's about it. And I feel like you can only, you can only get so, if you're California-born, you're always going to be, there's something, I don't know, I feel like, I Well, it's a different, you know, people from the Midwest have a different, there's a, there's a degree of, I don't know, like, maybe just a, we're used to more pain, even just from the weather, like having to wake up in the morning and, you know, scrape ice off your car and, you know, there's, there's like this whole, just some weather, there's a whole kind of suffering involved <laughs> that that we all have had to do. I mean, New York, too. Yeah. Someone who's who's lived in Southern and Northern California doesn't doesn't quite understand. Yeah, no, uh, it feels kind of like I know I've been spoiled and I don't want to be spoiled, but I can't really do anything about that now. The, the formative years are over. Now would not be the time to try out the Midwest. <laughs> especially not right now I don't think like what I don't even want to know what the weather's like here we had a cold snap here and that just that just destroyed me I don't even know (laughs) if I could I don't know if I could survive outside of California just on a pure health basis you could probably survive in Paris darling that's That's where I'm that's where I'm going (laughs) that's the dream so um until we see you in Paris where else can we see you around the LA area I know you do a bunch of different like little shows but where's the where's the next time we can see you um i will be performing at the hollywood forever cemetery which is a really cool show uh, i'm helping put together in a masonic lodge uh right on the cemetery property um this one is november 6th two days after the election and uh <laughs> We were going to do it on the day of the election. I was like, well, that's a little weird. So. And then people will come back from voting, and then there, was, there won't be any response yet. I think it's... Yeah, yeah, you just want... Yeah, because everyone's going to want to talk about it. <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to be doing that. Um, Patton Oswalt's on the show, and uh, Duncan Trussell. Very and, cool. Um, we don't have the other comics yet. Well, you'll get them. I know that I've, I've pushed that show in the past, because that is a really cool show. I will say, though... I have a thing. I have a grudge against the bathrooms because that those bathrooms are haunted. I must say. I don't know if you've experienced this. They were haunted, this. really. I got locked in the bathroom 
twice. I couldn't really? get out. I was locked in. I had to call. Someone then, else uh, got locked in the bathroom. They're haunted. People don't huh? believe me. People oh. don't believe me. Just because you're drunk doesn't mean it's not haunted. It's it's definitely haunted. The haunted bathrooms, guys. I, it's bad. I had to call somebody to get out. They went in. They were able to open it. There's something bad. But aside from the bathroom, oh. it is a really awesome show. I uh, I brought my yeah, friend. Get to the bathroom before you come. Yeah, don't. Or <laughs> walk across the street. There's a little market. You could go to the bathroom there if if they like you. I know that I brought my friend from the station to the last show, and he loved Neil Hamburger. He was going crazy. Oh, so. you've never seen him before? Oh, no, he's seen him <laughs> many oh, times. Okay. He just, he was just gushing. He was like a little schoolboy. It was crazy. Yeah, Neil Hamburger is so funny. That guy, he's really cool. I, he actually did something. He did like a station ID for our show afterwards, which was really, really cool. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've kind, I feel kind of bad because sometimes I meet a lot of comics after the show and kind of like do something with them there. But at the same time, then I go up there. And, like, everybody's kind of chilling together. I'm like, hey, what up? Uh, Wait, well, next time introduce yourself, because I, I might not I might not have uh, connected. <laughs> well, I think last time you saw, you saw me, but I don't, you, were, you were busy. You've been busy a few times the last time that I've been there. Yeah, sometimes it's hard when you, when you help run a show because, you know, not only do you have everyone who, who you're friends with, who you want to talk to, then there's, like, comics who want to get on the show, and then there's, you know, it, people who, who need something from you, so it's... It's, you know, the bartender wants to leave. So there's just, like, so many things. Yeah, I did get, I was kind of wondering, like, you say Pat Oswalt's coming to the next one, which is really cool. I was wondering, like, it's, it seems like event, I don't know how long, I don't know how many comics there are out there. Like, I feel like every show is going to be, like, you're going to start bringing in new comics that, like, a lot of, I've never heard of or other people haven't heard of, and they're going to be, like, Maybe I trust there's going to be a new wave of, of great comics, hey? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> You feel like you're always seeing the same people? No, 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 no. I just feel like the people who've been to shows I really like, but I know of, and now, at least for me, like, I'm just, I'm still trying to, you know, being in Irvine, trying to get my way up there and feel the, the crowd out, but I feel like I've, I, I'm ready to be exposed to new comedians, and I think that's going to happen soon, because I think almost everyone that I know has gone on the show so far, so now it's going to be, like, brand new for me. <laughs> Uh, yes, well, the the Inland Empire, I, I can see where, where that wouldn't be a bastion for, for <laughs> comics. But what an empire, hey? Two more years. <laughs> two more years. This is my Midwest. This is... <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Except more, more meth, meth heads or something. Yeah, we, we don't talk about we don't. <laughs> I might get in trouble. This is this is going to be airing on in Irvine. I don't want somebody driving up to the I station. Well, first of all, the people it's airing to are, aren't probably planning on making a life for themselves in Irvine, are they? I don't think so. We have a we we like to we like to talk talk smack about the, our people here, and they seem to like it. I think we're all on the same page. <laughs> You know, I, I thought it was a, a real empire when I went. You know, the <laughs> the, the the king was a uh, he had a neck tattoo and uh, was, was gambling at the casino I was at. <laughs> yeah, the queen was. Isn't there some kind of casino? I just remember thinking like there is. Um, I can't remember where it's at, but it is the new hot college thing to do. Apparently, it's a new thing that's developed here. Everybody goes to casinos. So yeah, it's a. Uh, 
not not the empire I was hoping for, but but you an know, empire nonetheless. You make do. You make do. You do what you can. Um, so it was really great talking to you today. Um, so recap, you'll be on Chelsea lately, October sixteenth. Uh, yeah, that's next week. All right, cool. And then November 6th, two days after the election, we will have the highly charged show of at the Forever Cemetery. Comedy yes, yes, head. and you, will you uh, come upstairs and we'll talk? I will definitely come upstairs. <laughs> okay. It'll be fun. We'll, <laughs> so get, too, we'll, we'll get you on the guest list. Yeah. And definitely, oh, the the shining star, though, of that place I just want to mention, you have to look for the rainbow. What is it? Oh. The upside down star. What's it called? The. The there's like there's the rainbow there's the. What's it called? Oh, it's like it's for a cult kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's like a bright rainbow one. What's it called? A rainbow. Oh, is it for the Masonic? It's in the Masonic Lodge. It's the rainbow. In the Masonic Lodge, there's a rainbow star or something. Yeah, like an upside down star. I just can't remember for the life of me what What that's called. Uh. Well, there's that. You have to look for that because I think... What do you call an upside-down star? Pentagram. A pentagram? Pentagram, yes. The rainbow pentagram. The rainbow pentagram is the piece de resistance of that place. <laughs> That's the best part of it. All I know is the last show, whoever was doing the lighting, there was, like, the perfect shadow of it on the back, just, like, this little pentagram in the background. I was like, oh, my God. That's that awesome. funny. <laughs> so I just want to make sure everybody who goes checks look that out. That. It's... It's kind of ridiculous. But so, Natasha Ogero, thank you for talking to us today. It was really fun. Hopefully it was fun for you, too. Oh, yes. Thanks for having me anytime, and uh, we'll see you soon. We will see you soon. Thanks a lot. All right. Okay, bye. bye.